Haley, welcome to How Do You? I'm so glad you're here. Start with an introduction. Can you tell us a little about yourself? Definitely. So my name is Kaylee. I live in a little tiny town in Mo- in Wyoming, not Montana. Uh, <laughs> and I've got seven kids. Um, their ages are 12, 10, almost nine, seven, almost six, and let's see, four and a half and three. So amazing. Yeah. Um, and then I recently got admitted into medical school. So I'll be starting that this summer. And yeah, that's a little bit about me. Okay. This is, I, I mean, I have so many questions, but the way we always like to start these How Do You episodes is with a, a little bit of a background. So can you tell us what the setting is? Like, why were you interested in medical school? How long had you been wanting to do medical school? What drew you to this pursuit? Right. So I, have always wanted to go into the medical field since I was little. And, but I went to college actually with the intention to become a nurse. And then I met my husband like my third weekend in college. And so we started dating. And then I was like, oh, when are you done with school? And he's like, oh, in a year. I was like, well, I don't have time. So, you know, because I knew he wanted to go to PA school. And so then I decided to do something else. We ended up being there long enough for me to get my whole degree. And actually, a lot of my friends who were applying at the time I had planned on was nursing school ended up graduating the same time as my husband. So it was all just a big misunderstanding, but I think it's good in the end. I finished my degree in like two and a half years. Like it was just kind of a rush. And a lot of it was online. I did marriage and family studies. And then we moved to, well, we moved a lot. We've moved nine times, but we ended up moving to Vegas eventually where my husband went to PA school and then we moved again and then we moved to Texas for a while for him to um, start his career. And we were there for a year and a half and it was just a really hard year for me. Mm-hmm. Um, we lived in a little tiny town and which can be a little bit hard. And especially when it wasn't just like an adjustment of like town size, but it was also culture and um, I grew up being in like the majority of where I grew up in my, like, m- of my religion. And so then I moved to Texas and we were the only ones of our religion and our like our congregation met 30 minutes away. So it was just very isolating and trying to get to know people still, but they were not open to us because of religion. And so it was just like this weird like moment in my life where I had, had just had my fourth child and we it was just, it was my whole identity kind of came into question for me and just kind of um, having a different perspective on who I was. And so I kind of felt like it was this moment where my whole identity kind of crashed and burned and it was very painful. And then we ended up moving up here to Wyoming. So along the way, I guess I should say, I had always planned on going back to nursing school. So when he was in PA school, I still looked like, where's the nursing program, you know? I always planned on becoming a midwife because I always knew I wanted to deliver babies. And so I was like, I'll become a nurse and then I'll do nurse practitioner and become a midwife. So that was always the plan. And then while we were in Texas, I kind of started thinking about other ideas. I was like, well, maybe I'd want to go into education. Like, I don't know why all that. And then I um, started thinking all these different things. And then I was like, you know, I'm just going to take a break. I'm not even going to think about it. And then we moved here to Wyoming and there was just this one day we had visited my parents in Utah where I grew up and we were driving back home and I just had, I had been talking to my mom about a doctor I knew and then we were driving home and I was reading my husband the intro to a book that I had borrowed from my mom. And all of a sudden it was like this light bulb just went off in my brain 
And I was like, I should be a doctor. And it was like the most random moment of my life because up until that time, I had never said that out loud that I even wanted to be a doctor. But I think like looking back, I knew I wanted to be a physician, but I, that's not what moms do, right? So I just did not believe it was possible. And I didn't believe that that was a good idea. Like I had a lot of beliefs around that, that that was like not a good thing, right? So like for a mom to do something like that. And at that point, I had had my, let's see, I had had my fourth daughter right before we moved here, which definitely influenced this a little bit just because I had had one child was that too. Number five. Yeah. So we had our fifth in Texas and we had our last two here in Wyoming. But my first is a boy and then I had four girls in a row, which I never saw for myself ever. And Mm -hmm. um, I cover a big family and like I have a lot of older sisters who, you know, had kind of shown me the way of feminism to some degree, you know, and I. I'd started down that journey in a lot of ways and I had already started changing a lot of my beliefs, but not necessarily about myself. And so, but having daughters is just different. I mean, I had taken this online class in Texas. I remember like my husband worked in the ER and so he was gone a lot at night. And so I was doing this free online class and it was like about the history of women or something. <laughs> I remember just sitting on my bed and thinking, I want my daughters to know they can do anything they want including becoming a doctor. See, this is where it's like, okay, I'm so Kaylee wanted to be a doctor. But yeah, um, yeah, it was just this, like, I just wanted them to know they could do both, you know? But I had not extended that to myself at all. <laughs> so yeah, that was my moment of like, I should be a doctor. And so I started talking to my husband about it. And at the, for, I would say for the first like nine months of it before I gave up for a year. For a year, I took a break from the idea. Um, for that first nine months, I knew my husband had major reservations about it. But he was like very vocally supportive. So we had a lot of conversations and I started down the path. Like I started taking prereqs. So this was in September. It was Labor Day weekend. And then I started taking classes in January online. And what year was this? That you started taking 2018. classes? So 2018 is when we moved here and I had the idea. And then in January of 2019, I started classes. And I was pregnant with number six and he came in June. So I had given up the idea before he was born. So because my husband's a PA, um, that's always a question I get is like, why not PA instead of medical school? Because it is a much shorter road and um, it's a lot more flexible because with medical school, you go for four years and then you have to do a residency. And in PA school, you just go to school for two and a half years and then you can do anything. They kind of just train you specifically to the job they want you to do. So I... um we had had a conversation and like I had been very defensive about this conversation for a long time. And then I had gone to San Diego with my husband on a medical conference in March. And on the plane home, he, I could tell he meant it so genuinely. He was like, you know, I was just with a bunch of physician, physicians at this conference and they are all like so overworked and like burned out. He's like, are you really sure this is what you want to do? And I had already started thinking about other things outside of OBGYN. Like I was like, well, maybe I'd want to do pediatrics or maybe I'd want to do this. And I was like, well, PAs can do that. Because that's the big thing is in OB, PAs and MPs can't do everything that an OB does. Where a lot of fields, that's not true. Um, But because OB can do surgery, they can do C-sections where midwives can't, right? You can only do like typical births before it gets handed off. And now I can articulate this better, but like, I've, I just really believe that women should be able to have women as their providers at every level of care. So not just if you have easy births, I would want to be able to follow my patients to get a C-section, not only if they have easy births like I did, 
So, um, so that was like a lot of it, but yeah, I took a year off and kind of rested. Just a place of like overwhelm where you're just like, it's just easier to just remove it from the tape, like the, the table right now and I can get back to it. Or was it like, I'm, it's done. I'm never going to come back to that. I didn't think I would ever come back to it just because it is, it is, it was really overwhelming and it is a hard path and it is terrifying. And that is like the terrifying part. And you had a newborn. Yeah, it hasn't gotten better. Um, I, I'm still terrified, um, but oh. like I have more confidence now and I have overcome a lot of like crippling beliefs that I had before where I happened at that point. Mm-hmm. And, um, and unfortunately, people are not very nice. And um, a lot of uh, people's own opinions for their own lives, you know, they want to yeah. validate. This, this is my theory. I think everyone wants to validate their own life by seeing mm-hmm. that through other people's lives. Yeah. So for me to do such like an unconventional path is like, I think puts people in the defensive really mm-hmm. quickly, mm-hmm. especially at the beginning. I think people, because I live in such a small town, I don't meet a lot of new people at this point in my life. Yeah. For the last five years that we've lived here. And so I think everybody who knows me basically knows that this is part of my plan now. And I mean, I definitely still see like the shock on some people's lives that I'm actually doing it. Like, I think a lot of people thought I'd give up or I really wouldn't follow through. Um, But there was just like a lot of very hurtful things said along the way, especially in the beginning. And it was really hard to like overcome that for me. And um, and so for me, (laughs) the best way I could describe it is like I felt like I was constantly swimming upstream, like in a really like fast river, constantly swimming, constantly swimming. And I just kept for years, I would say I would look, I like metaphorically, I guess, or whatever the word is, I would kind of like look towards the shore and be like, when I was a stay at home mom, my life did not feel like this. And like, I want to go back. Like, it just, it feels like so much easier than this. And so like, I was always just like looking at what my past life was, right? Which you always look at differently than what's reality, because I was super depressed as a stay at home mom. So I can't say that that was like sure. all glory, right? But so, Kayla, you're saying so once you were doing classes, that's when you felt like you were swimming upstream and like looking to your oh, past yeah. and like almost idealizing it. And so yeah. that's when you kind of took your break. Okay. Yes. And yeah. then how, so when did you decide to like, come back into it? So I took a year off and um, actually it was at the beginning of COVID. I had my son in June and then I took a couple classes in the fall of 2019. I took like a, an accounting class and a business class. I was like, I'll go the business route. <laughs> sure. So, it was like the most random moment of my life. And so I took those classes and that was kind of a good realization for me to like really see that at this point in my life, having six kids, nothing was convenient, right? There was no plan I was going to have besides maybe being a teacher, which is not in the cards for daily. So I, um, I just knew that there was no plan at this point that would be convenient for my family or that would be easy for me. And so it was like, well... COVID had started. I had told my friend why I had stopped the path and why I decided not to do it. And as I was saying it, I knew I was lying. I could feel it. It was so funny because I had told it so many times. But for some reason, when I was telling this specific friend, I knew I wasn't telling the truth. Like what was that I really still wanted to do it, but that it was just hard. So then and I that had was to- the lie. It's hard. Yeah. It's too hard. Or that well, I don't want yeah, to just that I that I didn't want to do it right? Got that it. I really didn't want to be a doctor. That's why I gave up, like not gave up, but stopped this journey. 
but it was hard telling my husband because, you know, obviously it was like a little tumultuous, like for us just to be considering the future. And you have to confront a lot of beliefs, right? Like around a lot of things. And so it was hard to go back to thinking, okay, we're going to have this chaotic future. And because we both had very strong beliefs that like you get married, you have a kids, you get a career, and then it's kind of just smooth sailing, which I'm realizing mm-hmm. is not true. But yeah, it's a very enticing belief that I still believe in. And some days I still like go back to that. I'm like, if only, if like, it wouldn't be I feel like, like it was more true for prior generations. But it <laughs> seems like our generation, it's different. It yeah. feels different, not so straightforward. So it once was... you decided, okay, actually, I do want it. And I was lying to myself. I do want it. I'm I'm sure you had to finish your prereqs and then do some other. So actually, that takes us to our main question, which I think yep. a lot of people are going to be the most curious about. And it's And it's just, how do you do this? How do you get into medical school as a busy mom? Right. So I think it's actually almost easier after you've had some life experience, just because so for medical school, kind of what they want from you is they want like research experience. They want leadership experience. Sorry, I wrote this down because I know I'm going to get like nervous during this. You do um, they want serve like community service and then you will need patient care experience. <clears throat> and this is before you even apply shadowing. Yeah. OK, yeah, yep. so I did more. not know any of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because they want you to know what you're getting into because it is a long road, right? And that's on and top of the prereqs. I'm sorry, yeah. I'm interrupting you. Okay. No, you're fine. <laughs> I'm all about that. Um, yeah, prereqs. So you have to take certain prereqs. There are some schools that don't require prereqs, but these prereqs help you prepare for the MCAT, which is one of the main things they want as well as the MCAT tests. So, um, so like for me, you know, because I had already lived my adult life for several years. I had leadership experience like at church and I already had community service because I had been volunteering um, at our local women's shelter as an advocate. So like there, I feel like my application is very genuine to who I am and like what I honestly like doing because these are things I had already done. And so I didn't have a lot of patient care experience though until I started working in 2020. So a couple months after I decided to go back to this plan um it kind of just it everything we've kind of like eased into because we've been so terrified like the two weeks before i started working because i had not worked outside the home since we had kids me and my husband were terrified like what does this look like like what happens with our kids like we just don't know and i i mean i eased in very slowly because we live in a very small town it's like four thousand people and my husband is one of like five providers in the whole in the whole community mm-hmm. so like he works in the walk-in clinic. That's why we moved here was they opened like an urgent care type situation in the hospital. So he works three twelves. And so I approached his boss and was like, hey, I would love to work, but I will, I can only work the days Trevor's not working. And so I only worked two or three days a week because either he worked Monday through Wednesday or he worked Thursday through Saturday. So depending on the week, I'd work Monday through Wednesday or I'd work Thursday, Friday, and Sunday, Saturday. So I did that for a couple months and then it kind of opened up for a full-time job for the other provider who did the walk-in clinic. So I started working full-time as well. So I worked, he worked three twelves, and then I worked the opposite three twelves, and then they are closed on Sunday. So we always had Sundays off. So that's kind of how we eased into that. So yeah, like I just did community, community service. So I did like the women's shelter. And then I also ended up planning like a community event the last two Christmases, um, I kind of joined forces between all the churches in our community and like we did a live nativity. So I spearheaded that. And then um, 
research, there's no university even close to us. Actually, Logan, where Utah State is at, is two, a little more than two hours away. So um, that's the closest university. And so there was just no research opportunities. I was like, I could go to Salt Lake, but how? that's also two, a little more than two hours away. So I was like, okay, I could go to Salt Lake. Somehow I would have a pay, like child care and I could go do this. So I ended up just um, creating my own research project. So I got a physician at work and I created, it's technically a quality improvement project, what I've been told, and just like tried to improve our processes in our clinic. So that's kind of what I did for research. Um, but typically I think you would go in and just, there's a lot of opportunities when you live on a campus, but I just didn't have those same opportunities. I took all my prereqs online through Arizona State University. I had to email several universities that I knew I would be interested in going to medical school and just make sure they even accepted online prereqs. And there are still some schools that don't. COVID helped that a little bit. Like I was reading out before COVID really happened. Um, but now that's helped a little bit, but there are yeah. still like even when I applied, I would get the secondary application and I would go back on and look and I'm like, oh, they don't accept all this thing. Like, why didn't I check that better? So, so yeah, a lot of them do accept as long as it's from an accredited school. So that worked out for me. They were the best classes. If I'm being totally honest, I think it would have been better if I'd been on campus, but did what I could. Yeah. So yeah, you do the prereqs and the prereqs are things like OCHEM, both semesters of OCHEM, general chem, chemistry, sorry, um, biochemistry both semesters of physics, both semesters of biology, like general biology. You're supposed to take sociology, psychology. I feel like I'm missing one, but I'm probably not. I think that's all of them. So, um, so those take a couple of years. So I was doing those for years. I would take like two classes a semester and that was it. Um, that's all I wanted to be doing. <laughs> I just wanted it to be kind of chill. It wasn't very chill because then I was working full time at that point, but yeah. Um, but we're slow enough because we're a small community that I could sometimes sneak in homework at work. But that worked out for me. And then patient care experience. I've, I've been working as a medical assistant. You can work as a CNA, you can scribe in the ER, you can, I mean, there's lots of options for patient care. I've seen people work at like eye doctor offices, um, just different things like that. So um, that worked out for me, work at, living in a small town. I don't know, like, I just feel like a lot of the things I did were very unique, but they worked out for me. Um, I worked as an MA and I didn't have any education. I think when you live in a bigger place, um, that doesn't always work out that way. I think a lot of time you have to have like an associate's degree or something in it to really be able to get a job, but they just were willing to do it as long as I learned on the job. So that's how it worked out for me. And I'm still doing that. And then shadowing, luckily I work with a lot of providers. And so I have shadowed a few of them. And um, yeah, that like in, in particular, there's a surgeon that quit here and I shadowed him quite a bit. And he's actually let me shadow on surgery, which was really cool. Um, and again, I don't know that that would happen in a big hospital. I really don't know, like, because I haven't done it. So I don't know. But I am currently shadowing an OBGYN in a town nearby where our Walmart is. It's like 45 minutes away. And um, yeah, and I just started on Friday and it was really cool. So because that's what I want to do. That's awesome. So, yeah. I think so how did you know? How did you know about those things? Like, is that somewhere on the internet or is that part of the, like the applications yeah. that make it really straightforward? These are the things you need in addition to good MCAT and, and you right. need the prerequisites, prerequisite courses completed. How did you know? So most of the time you can go on a school. So like if you, 
like I knew the University of Utah has a medical school because I have a lot of friends that husband, their husbands went to medical school, like when we were all in college, like most of them are done now. But um, so I knew like where some of them went. And so you kind of are just like aware of what schools have medical schools, but you could always just Google it or you can go to, um, is it AMCAS? It might be AMCAS. I think that's where the application system is. Let me double check that. Um, but they have a list of all the schools in there, all the MD schools, and then there's DO okay. schools, and they have a separate application. But yeah, uh, AAMC is applying to medical school with AMCAS, so it's kind of both. But there's different resources, but you can go on their website and just like, I would just go on and say like U of U Medical School. And it comes up and it's like application or how to apply. There's usually some kind of link like that. And you can go on, it will tell you exactly what they're looking for. And usually in their like frequently asked questions, you can try to find like, do they take online courses? Um, if I really had a question, they usually have like an email, like about the online classes. I would just email them straight up if I couldn't find it on their website that just like explicitly stated. Mm -hmm. And I would just say, yeah, I'm taking these classes, specifically all these core science classes. I needed to make sure because I was going to be doing labs online, like biology. They had like a simulation online. It was kind of like doing a video game. And then um, OCHEM, I had to go down to Arizona for a week and they do all of it in one week for both sections okay. of OCHEM. So I went for a week for that. So I just like emailed them like, is this going to work before I invest thousands of dollars? Because they were expensive classes and mm -hmm. it was like $6,000 a semester for two classes is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. So um, so I just wanted to make sure. So I emailed them okay. and they're very good about getting back usually within a day or two. So there's people that that's their whole life or their whole job, right? So. So it's kind of laid um, out. So that's yeah. what people can do. They can kind of research whereabout they want to go and just yeah. make sure they have the right requirements. Um, did you have to study for the MCAT or did you feel like your prereqs helped you with that? Yeah. So the prereqs, so the MCAT literally just covers those prereqs. So you, those are all the classes that will help you get ready for the MCAT. And those are always mm -hmm. usually prereqs. Sometimes there's other classes. Every school varies. Like they'll want you to take anatomy and physiology, right? Like that's pretty basic, but. Um, for the most part, most of them just prepare you for the MCAT. Yeah, most people uh, study for the MCAT for months. And on top of taking the classes, and they have like whole books, right? Like a book for each section. So there's like seven books. So like when you buy it, they're like this thick of textbooks just wow. for the MCAT. It's insane. And I'm going to be totally honest. I did not do well on the MCAT at all. But I think that's where... Um, I actually love hearing it. I love hearing yeah. that. Yeah, I, I like really didn't do well. Like when I said that the first time after I took it the first time, I was like, I bombed it. People were like, oh, it couldn't have been that bad. I'm like, no, I like, I like really bombed. <laughs> like, that's not a joke. Like I couldn't even apply because it was so bad. And then I barely, I did a tiny bit better and I barely was making the cutoffs. I didn't, I didn't make a lot of cutoffs. Like I had always wanted to apply to the U just because, you know, my family lives in Utah. I really respected it. And um, you have to have a 503, which the highest you can get is like a five. 28. I'm sorry. I haven't looked into this for like a year. So I think it's the highest you can get. But the lowest you can get is like a 480. And I got like in the 490s. So like 500 is usually like you want to get a 500 to get in it all. And I never hit 500. And so but because of the way that society is now, I think we're trying to look at people more holistically. Mm. And that is included in medical school. So Good. Yeah, I agreed. Yeah, I think we should as well. So this has kind of been like something I felt self-conscious self about as the MCAT, but it's also like, it is true. I didn't do very well, but I also, 
I go back and forth about this. I'm like, does that mean I can't do medical school? Because there are definitely people on Reddit who believe that. Um, but then I'm like, but I have seven kids and that makes it harder for me to study. But then I always worry that people be like, well, yeah, you have seven kids. It's not going to change for medical school. So is that really going to make it better for you? Or are you really going to be able to do it if you can't excel the MCAT now? What makes you think you're going to be able to pass medical school? That is like one of my like touchy fears. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's okay. It's gotten better, but. Sounds like I, it's your next set of beliefs to work on, you yeah. know, because we I each know. have another thing. Oh. Yeah. A lot of people don't get in with the MCAT score I have, but I also realize that the rest of my application means something, you know, like the yeah. fact that I have life experience and the fact that I have gotten this far with seven kids, I do think means something, you know, mm -hmm. and obviously there are people who think that as well, because I've had, um, so I applied to like every school I could because I knew my MCAT wasn't very good. So I applied to like 30 something schools and I've heard from, let's see. One, two, three, four, five. I think I've had five, maybe six interviews, interview invites. So there's six schools who were interested in me. And um, so I've gotten into two of them. I turned down one of them. So I just have one that I've like said yes to so far. And then I had two more interviews in the last two weeks at like a little bit better programs. So we'll see what happens with those. I'm supposed to hear from one this week and then one in six weeks, which is okay. restful. But mm -hmm. so yeah, so you apply and then they all send you a secondary application, which you then pay more money. Okay. And then for to you, um, if they want you or are interested in you, they'll give you an interview invite. So you do interviews, which used to go to campus. Like my husband for PA school did that. He'd fly out to the campus. They do a day tour and like tell you all about the school and kind of sell themselves to you. So that's not how they do it anymore. Now, all of mine have been online. So they do on Zoom and they do like an orientation where they like tell you all about the school. And they'll, it's like three or four hours long and they'll answer all your questions and do a Q&A with students, all the things. And then on a different day, you do like a one-on-one -on -one interview or I've done one-on-two interviews. So like with two people from their school. And then this last week I did one with three. So wow, they're usually about a half hour. And they just ask you all sorts of questions and then you just wait and you hear So they kind of judge you on your MCAT and your GPA, which my GPA is like a 3.6. Like it's not terrible, but my MCAT's not great. And by any means, it's like it's not even close to great. And then um, like one of the schools they said is like 20% of your stats is what they consider. And then 80% on your application in your interview. Okay. So that's definitely changing because I don't. Yeah. There are still some, different. Yeah. Some schools, they still require that you, you get like a 508 or whatever, like they have a firm head off. So even if you apply, you'll just get kicked out because you're not high enough or whatever. So it's changing. And I think, yeah, I think it's good. And I'm definitely benefiting from it being more holistic because my MCAT suck. <laughs> so, that's okay. You're right. It, it, it should be. And I love that you were able to still persevere and that you didn't, you didn't take yourself out of the equation. Because you knew yeah. like 500 is a cutoff and you still you could have stopped then and you could have not applied anywhere and yeah. you still applied. And now yeah. you're in medical school for sure. Yeah. You're in. And wild. how cool would it be to get um, more options to choose between two that, besides the one that you already turned down, uh, turned down. So I just think this so on so many levels is so inspiring. And I think the bigger picture to me is just how step by step this really was in actuality. You know, when we hear all of this, it's condensed in a certain amount of time. So it just seems like an overwhelming amount. 
and so many steps. And it is. But for you, that was broken out over many years. Mm -hmm. And so for the women who are considering this, especially as uh, those uh, who are mothers like you, I just want to emphasize that like this, you, this can, well, it has to take time and it's okay that it takes time. And you did that and it, you had, you know, that bigger picture in mind. I do want to know, is there one thing that you would do a little differently if you could go back in time? So I've been thinking about that the first day and I'm like, I don't know. I don't think I would just because, you know, I, obviously there's some things I'm like, oh, I could have done that better. Could have overcome some beliefs better or I could have. I like I was thinking maybe I should start therapy earlier on my way. I did. I just had the yeah. wrong kind of therapy. Like that yeah. wasn't as helpful until this last fall. And then it's like, you know, I, I think I did my best, honestly. Mm-hmm. And I, I tried my hardest and, you know, I've slowly gotten to a better place. I don't know. I think all this stuff is just hard one, you know, like it's not like I can go back and be like, I really wish I could have just ignored what people were saying. Yeah. Like if anything, I've only made progress with that in the last six months. And that's because I like have quit two jobs. So she was like, I quit my current job when worked at a bakery for two months, like very randomly. And then my boss was like, hey, you want to come back? She knew what my problem was when I quit and it was kind of ending. And I was like, sure. And I was like, I live in a small town. I know people gossip here. You know, like I know that things get around and they do. But um, it was kind of this moment where I was like, who cares? <laughs> I did, yeah. We need to do what's right for me. And like, I know my truth and no one's ever going to know my truth. And that's been really that's been a very hard one thing for me, right? There's reasons why we learn those things, you know? Like, it'd be easy to say, I wish I would have just known this all along and done this before I ever had kids. I mean, obviously, that's what I think that, but it's really my kids that help me feel confident enough to do this. Mm -hmm. So, like, hard to to say, I wish my kids weren't here for the ride because I don't know that I ever would have gone on the ride if my kids hadn't come. So, Mm -hmm. because, you know, you can believe you can do anything. You know, and I needed that because that confidence wasn't coming from myself. And so my I needed my kids to think like, wow, mom can mom can decorate a cake like that. I'm like, no, I can't. You know, and then it's like you start seeing yourself in new ways because you because I was comfortable failing in front of my own kids, not in front of other people. And so, you know, things like that. It's just hard to like, look, I don't know that I could have done it any differently. I don't think I had the tools or the time to do things differently. I appreciate your honest answer. And I think you're right. It all It is all so hard one. And that's almost point, you know, um, what's been the biggest benefit though, in getting to this point of getting accepted in medical school and, and knowing that's for sure in your future. Um, I think it's just been finding Kaylee, I guess, you know, like, yeah, I mean, you talk about this all the time. Like, this is why when I found you, I just loved everything you were saying, because, you know, this has been a journey for me the last five years and I'm still going and but it, the messages that you share of like, you know, we've got to find ourselves to like the do something list or, you know, we have to, you know, just progress over perfection. I mean, these are like really healthy beliefs to have. But, you know, I don't think a lot of us naturally have like we've picked up other yeah. unhealthy beliefs along the way. So I think for me, like starting to do these things has helped me find myself because I like I love my kids, obviously. And like a lot of what I've done in the past, like staying home was needed. Um, but I was depressed, you know, and I did feel very lost and I felt very, um, confused about my life most of the time. And, um, and obviously like, I mean, I got married when I was 18, almost 19. I turned 19 two weeks later and, but then had my first baby at 20. Right. And like that baby's 
very quickly, right? Like every 15 and 16 months on average. And so, which was all a choice I made, but it was still hard, you know? Okay, actually, I listened to your podcast this morning that you just released, I think, yesterday. Like, so it resonated so strongly for me. But About resentment. Yeah, and it was just like, being a stay-at-home mom is hard and it doesn't mean that it's wrong. It's just, it was hard for me. And and I think it maybe in some ways it was wrong for me, but like, um, and I think that's where I'm finding myself now is like this, I just feel, I mean, I've, I'm a very religious person. I've ever mentioned that and I really have strong beliefs of God. And I really feel like this is God's plan for me. And I feel like that's what happened that day is God was like, being like, look at yourself in a different way. And I never would have believed in myself enough, but I felt God believe in me to do this. And there are times I have like, okay, I can't even say there were just times regularly I ugly cry, right? Like I have times I really want to quit. And that's like really where my husband has come through for me. But I think I would say that I have found myself and I'm a healthier Kaylee now. But I also think my marriage I and mean, we haven't really talked about this part but I feel like this is a part people ask me about a lot is like my husband's perspective on it and um I say that we have like a much healthier marriage like where it's much more like give and take instead of me always giving and him always taking and like I I think that's really hard in like a stay-at-home mom working dad situation like I think it's very easy for it to become this very giving of women and very taking of men very like not on purpose. You know, I don't think people are trying to hurt each other or hurt themselves, but I think it can very easily get like unbalanced very quickly. I mean, even when I quit my job for like seven months to focus on school, I very quickly reverted back to that. And I've had tons of guilt about the things that the ways that our family has changed. I still do. Um, I'm getting much better. Like, nope. I like go in and justify it to myself. Like, no. I did this every night when Trevor was working late until six. I did this. I did that. I did this. Yeah. So he can do it tonight. And it's okay. You know, like this is not a problem. <laughs> and so it's just like kind of those things. And we've really had to communicate well. You know, we've really had to be on the same page for this. And, you know, like I said, I he was very verbally in agreement. And it took a long time, like for us, to, for me to see that he really meant it. Like he was 100% on my side with this and that he really meant that it was okay that I was doing this. And so like in all in all, I would say that like as a family, we're much healthier and like have much healthier beliefs about women who work um, and about daycare. You know, so, like, there's just like a lot of like shame with these things. Like, well, I, I mean, I have somebody in my family who used to say to me, well, I don't think women should work outside the home. And then I was like, you teach piano lessons, like that's working, you know, but it's, it, there's just this feeling of like, well, I work inside the home. You know, and I don't have to use daycare. I don't have to do this or that. And I mean, I I used into daycare as well. Like eventually we use daycare now and I love it. And I don't feel like she's raising my kids, you know. <laughs> and like, even if she was, she's a great choice. It's like, you're a great person and you help my kids. Like my little boys adore her and I adore her and she's awesome. And my kids have different skills than my older kids did, you know. They're getting different opportunities than my older kids did. And so all in all, like I just... I feel like we've had to overcome a lot of things, a lot of beliefs. Like I can go back to that, but that really was like the struggle of the first three years. I feel like people look at my situation, they think obviously having seven kids is the hardest part. That is not anywhere near the truth. Honestly, the hardest part is believing in myself and really believing that I can do this 
and like believing I'm worth inconveniencing my family. And so it it gets tricky sometimes with those things. But like at the end of the day, I really believe that any job is a mom job. You know, every job can work for family, but it requires sacrifice on both partners part, right? Like we both have to sacrifice for each other. We both have to work with each other's schedules. I mean, for a long time, it was like fighting my husband on certain things. And it was like, okay, my whole life has revolved a future schedule for the last 10 years. And I understand that like we've got, that's hard to change, but we've got to change. Like I can't, I need to be able to go do stuff too. Like I need to go be study, you know, like <laughs> he used to say things to me like, well, you know, when I was doing it, I would do this. And I'm like, yeah, and I stayed home. Like, it was just a given I was going to be home with the kids. Like, that's not a given for me because we do both work, you know? And so it's like those little things you have to believe before you can fight for yourself. And I really believe that to have an equal marriage, you do kind of have to fight for it, you know? And to like really, you have to believe in that you deserve that first, you know? I just think that, that that's the hardest part is just really believing in yourself so then you can fight for yourself. Because whether that's in relationships or like, because there are classes that are really hard, you know, and you have to keep pushing to get the grade that you can, you know, and to learn the stuff. And it's hard, you know, there's definitely hard days. And so if you don't believe in yourself, then it's hard to keep going with it. So that's definitely been the hardest part for me. I'm thinking about the women who are listening and, and for those who feel similarly drawn to something outside of the home, and maybe they've been in the home for a long time, or those who have worked from day one and now they're ready for a different career shift or to return and primarily be a stay-at-home parent. And I think the biggest thing that matters about what we talked about today is um, what you just shared about that belief in yourself and knowing that what you want and what you know about yourself matters and that you're allowed to follow those things and that you can make space in your home and in your family for yourself. Um, and so it's not a matter of one person doing it right and another person doing it mm -hmm. wrong or vice versa. It's more about doing the thing that's right for you and how good that feels to be a real person in, in your own life and, and to take up that space in your own life. And that also translates to taking up space in different ways in your family. Thank you for being honest too about how those shifts require changes to a marriage, how it requires internal shifts in how we see ourselves. It can also require us working through our own guilt of those shifts, even though it's what's right for ourselves and our family. And I've seen women go through those same shifts, even just when their kids leave the home. And maybe they're technically not going back to work still, but there's a shift within the marriage relationship and who's doing what and the expectations that are just had. So no matter what, we're going to go through shifts, right. all of us. And so I'm so glad that you would model, like, that's just what this work is, is, is working with those shifts and to grow but as a family and adapting because we're all going to adapt no matter what we choose. Um, so this is actually part one. We're hoping yeah. to have you back maybe a year or more. Like I want you to get your feet wet and feel really settled um, for part two. Like how do you go to medical school as a busy mom? And uh, I, I can't wait to hear more about that. And I'm so eager for you to start school this summer. I'm sure you're more eager than anybody else. Kaylee, this was fantastic. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, of course. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. 
Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.